I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dunlap. Episode number six of fourth down in the Steel City, segment one. Adam Crowley, Colin Dunlap with you. Colin, much to discuss. You're back from Michigan. We have a Steelers depth chart. I'm not sure it means anything, but we're going to talk about it like it does. Yeah, and I got this microphone that people, if you're, uh, if this uh, makes the video, you can see it. If not, you could just hear me. And, and it's like apparently much better quality. Wise men say... Oh, I mean, it's like a real Elvis mic. Ah, it's great. Only fools rush in. Speaking of uh, fools, I got mine yeah. in the mail and didn't hook it up properly with the software. So I'm going to hold it in the shot like this so it looks like I've got a fancy microphone. But I really don't. I can help. Uh, anyway, the um, depth charts are... The depth chart, my man. Left guard. There was not an or, but they might as well have put an or with Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson. But with quarterback Colin, it was just one, two, and three. Trubisky, Rudolph, and Kenny Pickett. So why is there basically an or in the left guard battle that we know is a battle and no or in what is supposed to be a quarterback battle? I'll tell you why. Because it's not a quarterback battle, Colin. Never was a quarterback battle. Well, I, I, back to the left guard. Last year there was, I think, an or, O-A-R, at left guard for much of the season. <laughs> uh, but, but that being said, um, I, there, this never was a co- – when are people going to start to realize that I think I might have had this right from the very beginning? They didn't go get Mitchell Trubisky to stand there and not at least get the first semblance of the crack of it in the regular season, at least. Mitch Trubisky's not going to not have an opportunity to be the first quarterback to play. It. This was – I don't want to say it was rigged because if it's rigged, that would give the indication that it wasn't the right thing to do and it was a sham. It was always the right thing to do. They just didn't want to say it for some reason. The right thing to do was to go get a free agent quarterback, to come in here and make him the starter, a guy that had a winning record, and a guy that actually, when you dig into it, isn't a damn bad quarterback, NFL quarterback. He's a pretty decent NFL quarterback. I don't know why they didn't just come out and say it. I'm with you. You've got nothing to lose by saying Mitch Trubisky is our guy and there's going to be a battle for the backup position. Ray Fittipaldo was on with the PM team today. He from the Post-Gazette, and he said that there is a battle, and it is for backup. It's Kenny Pickett v. Mason Rudolph. We had Jeff Hathorn on the Fan Morning Show today, and he said there is a battle. It's for the backup position. And I'm actually okay with giving the semblance 
is the semblance the right word of giving the, the illusion, the impression yes. that there's a battle for the two spot. Like if you make Kenny Pickett have to quote unquote earn it, I'm okay with that, especially if you give him the job regardless of what happens. You make the rookie earn it. That's fine. But to not have just said Mitch Trubisky's our guy from day one is a little bit farcical to me. Yeah, because where I said they were going to be is exactly where they are. Now, things can change and things are pliable once the season starts. If Mitch Trubisky sucks, even I'm okay with it. I'm a big Mitch Trubisky backer. I'm okay with putting his ass on the bench. But he gets the first shot at it. He's accomplished the most in the NFL. It's not even close. And he should be the guy. Like, if it was any other position, we wouldn't even talk about this. If you Levi Wallace gets first crack at being a cornerback, right? Uh, Miles Jack gets first crack at being a linebacker, right? Like, if they were to go out and get a – okay, in Kansas City, Juju Smith-Schuster gets first crack at being a wide receiver there. What the hell am I missing? I don't know what you're missing because it's not about Mason Rudolph. Mason Cole gets first crack at being yep. the center. Yep. And Mason Rudolph, and we've been over this a million times, but Mason Rudolph's resume has to matter more than whatever he does in training camp. He could go out there and look like Patrick Mahomes for three weeks, punch a dude in the face, run around, throw a ball 75 yards down the field on a rope, do that every play in practice, Perfect quarterback rating of 158.3. And I still saw his ass tie the Lions last year. Like, that needs to matter. And I do think that it does. But they should have just come out and named Mason Rudolph the backup. Or, excuse me, they should have named Mitch Trubisky the starter from day one and then made the backup battle the backup battle. Made the backup battle the or. What was wrong with that? Right. That can be the or. That's fine. And listen, if you get stunned in camp, like, if Kenny Pickett was unbelievable and you need to change your plan, okay, so be it. You change your plan. You drafted the guy 20th overall. Uh, you can't change the plan for Mason Rudolph. Uh, quickly, before I tell you about what a little birdie told one of our guys at 93.7, the fan, about the first preseason game, uh, I'll tell you what we had Adam Kaplan on of the NFL Network. Uh, he was on with the uh, – he was on 93.7, the fan, and he said what he's heard is that Mason Rudolph is being shopped around for a sixth or seventh round pick is not the asking price, but what is the going rate for a Mason Rudolph? So I don't know if I want a sixth or seventh round pick fetching human being to be even my backup quarterback. Like That tells me a lot about what the league thinks about Mason Rudolph too. No, this is the... Um... This is the trade deadline baseball. Let's throw him out there on Sunday and have him play six innings for us in the outfield. And maybe he'll get, and we're, uh, you know, we're not in the hunt, right? We're sellers at the deadline. Maybe the guy will get a couple hits. Maybe he'll steal a base. Maybe he'll catch a ball uh, as he scrambles down the line and dives in, in his uh, our right fielder. And maybe someone else needs a fourth or fifth outfielder and they'll go ahead and give us something breathing living for him because, oh my gosh, they just had somebody get hurt. And they now need even a guy that starts in a pinch and is a fourth outfielder for them. That's exactly what Mason Rudolph should be doing for the Steelers in the preseason games. Showcase him a little bit because no one's really going to see the practices. But anything he does, make sure Kaboli, make sure... Uh, Jerry Dulac, make sure Ray Fittipaldo, make sure us at 93.7 The Fan, 
Make sure you tell the freaking world all the good stuff he does at practice so that people scanning the wires and scanning everything can see, oh, my gosh, maybe Mason's not awful. Like, build his brand and then say, okay, here you go. Thank you much. Uh, well, and, we'll was, take, and it may change. It may be the difference between a, a seventh and a sixth rounder. And that's been happening because Mark Caboli talked to him for like 90 seconds. He posted the clip on Twitter today talking to Mason Rudolph about not having thrown a single interception in training camp. And let me tell you something about that. Everyone wants to prop Mason Rudolph out, uh, up, Colin, and say, this is great. He hasn't thrown a pick. You know what it tells me? It's the same chicken bleep Mason Rudolph we've always seen who's dropping back and swinging the damn ball to a running back, dropping back, bang, quick hitch route, balls out of his hand in four seconds, a two-point whatever it was, one second like Ben was last year. That's not a good thing to me that Mitch, that Mason Rudolph excuse me, is not throwing interceptions. It just isn't. Like I, I know this, he should be that guy. When they have those, um, those coaches' conventions, like those national coaches' conventions in Dallas – they should have when they show somebody how to go through their progressions and then check down. They should have Mason Rudolph as the model for that. Like they should have him as the example when they show. They should put a highlight reel together and show because he does it masterfully. He holds on to the ball just and sometimes he gets demolished as he's finding that last guy. The guy is like there's a guy that's a running back that just bleeds out after chipping three guys in his like <laughs> I was 19th on the route tree. Like but this is great. This is okay. It's kind of like, you know, you go to the rental car counter. It's like, well, we think that car may have gas in it. We haven't started in a while because nobody wanted to rent it for like since before the pandemic. But, you know, we'll give it to you for eh, 10 bucks. Mason Rudolph finds that receiver every single time in the formation. Here we go. Best we're going to do is gain a yard. Worst we're going to do is fall back to the scrimmage line. Why don't I look at everybody else and just throw it to you? He's the king of that. The king of it. He really is. And one of those Steelers Depot dudes, he posted the statistics that he has recorded in training camp to this point, Colin. And it's like 80 passes for Mason Rudolph. It's like 5.4 yards of completion. So he's not throwing picks. That's fine. He's not taking any risks. And I know that that's what Mike Tomlin said he wants in a quarterback. But, like, you ain't finishing third in this division if that's what your quarterback's doing. No way. Here's what the rotation's going to look like game number one on Saturday evening, which we will break down in great detail on Friday. And then again on Monday, but continue. Correct. Uh, break down the uh, little pregame on Friday. Yes, 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 yes. From Andrew Filipponi, our esteemed co-worker, two Steelers sources' expectations for Steelers quarterback playing time in preseason game one. Trubisky, first quarter. Rudolph, second and third quarter. Pickett, fourth quarter. It kind of jives with your theory of let's show the world what Mason Rudolph can do but we're not going to do it against the starters. Let's put him out there for two quarters against bad players. Look how good this shiny Oklahoma State product is. And someone, please, dear God, take him off our hands. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. And it also, it limits the risk as much as possible while still getting a look at Mitch Trubisky and bringing him up to speed with players, a couple players here and there, that he'll probably be playing with. And also has him mesh in with the line So. So I, I, I think it's a, a perfect plan. And if you need to go to pick it earlier of game, 
situation exists where you need to go to pick it in the midway, midway through the third quarter, you do that and then throw, you know, Johnny Dakota in, in the fourth quarter at some point, go ahead and do that. But uh, th- nothing wrong with that. It's a- absolutely fine. There's a million different things I want to talk about today, Colin. One of them, which might not be interesting for more than like a minute, is Chris Oladokun. And the fact that he has not taken a single snap in team drills this entire training camp. And like, if that's the case, I mean. How do you think his parents feel? How do you think his parents feel? Seriously. Think about that. Think of it in those terms. Let's break it down and say, let's look at, at, at Johnny Dakota's parents. They're like, wow. He got drafted. We're, we live. I don't know where he's from. Probably nobody's from one of the Dakotas. So he, he he went there, you know, college wise. So uh, you know, his parents. He got drafted. It was draft day, and they were like, "Let's go." Out. Where's he from? Did you find it? Yeah, this is unbelievable. About as far away as you could possibly be from the Dakotas. Like he Florida. was. He was born in Tampa. Oh, there we go. So his parents in Tampa, and there's a rather big fan base. He got drafted, and they're like, let's go buy all the Steelers shit we could buy. Let's go find it the day he was drafted. Because he was drafted. Right? Yep. He was drafted. All right, let's go find it. They found it. They're all hyped. They're telling all their friends down in Tampa. They love it. They're like, oh, our boy he plays for the Steelers. Now they're kind of like, does he really play for the Steelers? Who's the joke on here? Does your is your son re- did he really get drafted? Is he still on the team? Did he do something wrong off the field? Did somebody get suspended? Like, think if you're Johnny Dakota's parents right now. That's a tough look. Your Hell, heart- the punter got more run last year who got drafted to this point. He did. And if they don't trade Mason Rudolph, then the Johnny Dakota pick was a bad pick. I mean, there's no reason to take that guy in the seventh round if you don't trade Mason Rudolph. You trade Mason Rudolph, okay, fine, it makes sense. You like them enough to be your third quarterback. You don't even have to like your third quarterback. This just into Johnny Dakota's parents. You don't even have to like your third quarterback. But if they don't trade Mason Rudolph, a wasted pick. Okay. If they don't trade Mason Rudolph, it falls in the annals of the Colin Holba pick, the long snapper from Louisville that was one of – that was all – everybody considered, Chris Rainey and whomever, Colin Holba. Great first name, dumbest pick in Steeler history, dumbest ever. It was just dripping with we're smarter than you. Just so, so hubris filled that pick. We know that this guy, they were probably, if it was baseball, they'd be measuring his RPMs per snap. Who did we have on that was talking about that? Didn't we have someone on that was talking about the the snap long snappers and how they measure the ball? the rotations per second or whatever it was. I forget who it was. It might have been Doug Whaley. Who knows? Yeah, I forget who it was. Uh, man, but it was somebody talking about it. Ah, goodness. Quickly. I'll tell you who sure as hell wasn't, Gil Brandt. But anyway, continue. Gil Brandt. He's aging like a fine wine, isn't he, Colin? Yeah, Him good. and Pete Rose. Gil Brandt and Pete Rose. Really aging great, those two. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean... They should have Al Campanas on with them. <laughs> what idiot. Hey, it's Kate.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City, Episode 6. Segment two, if you thought we were done breaking down the depth chart, ho, 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 we sure is bleep or not. Colin, George Pickens, they created a third wide receiver spot in the starting lineup so that they can throw George Pickens in there. My man's got strong hands. My man's making combat catches. They're making this guy a starter. He's going to have a hell of a year. Not that anybody else isn't calling that right now, but whoo. What is what happens to Fryermuth in the offense? I think he's going to be a stud. I think I think who this affects is Chase Claypool. Oh, I agree. I think Chase, Chase Claypool's written his ticket out of town. Uh, I'm not saying this is a problem. I'm just trying to envision a football field and where people are deployed. Deontay Johnson is he going to come inside at all, or is he going to stay outside? You know what I've read a lot is that Chase Claypool they want to have him play inside a bunch until he gets hit once. Um, honestly, I mean, I, I I don't think that he's a slot guy. I don't think he look. I saw what he did on kickoffs and on special teams and how physical he was at, at Notre Dame, and that was much ballyhooed, and everybody talked about it. I don't think he's that guy in the NFL. I'm not questioning his. Uh, his backbone or anything. I just don't think he's that guy in the NFL. It seemed like they've used him to this point to throw an alley-oop up the hash for some reason. Is he all of a sudden going to become a big combat catch guy in the middle of the field? That's a great point because he ain't a combat catch guy down the sideline. I mean, that's where he struggled. Not as a rookie. As a rookie, he was very good. Uh, Last year, he struggled, and I'm sure it doesn't help that Ben Roethlisberger's ball fluttered on him a whole bunch, but even still, go up and make the play. George Pickens out there making plays. I've seen the videos. You don't got to be there. There's videos all over the internet about this guy making plays out there. I think ultimately George Pickens cuts into his playing time, and I still think there's going to be room for Pat Fryermuth because I think that Mitch Trubisky, they're going to use a lot of play action. I think tight end is going to be so valuable. And if it's Kenny Pickett at some point, I mean, you know how much a tight end can be a best friend of a quarterback. So I think Pat Fryermuth, I think his star is going up. And in fact, We were talking about this a little bit on Friday on the Fan Morning Show, Colin. The next wave of guys to get paid by the Steelers since Deontay Johnson got paid, Mm -hmm. it's only all speculation at this point. Like the next ones, it could be Alex Highsmith, 
I mean, this is his third season. Next year is his, is the final one on his rookie deal. You got Pat Fryermuth, who this is only his second season, but if he takes off, and Najee Harris. I mean, these are three guys that they could potentially pay. Chase Claypool also there, but I think they kind of tell you what they think about Chase Claypool whenever they draft the two wide receivers and then pay Deontay Johnson. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I just thought of something to springboard off of that conversation, Adam, which is, is this – all right, we keep talking about Najee Harris, and you just brought him up again in terms of paying him, right? But let's talk about the functionality of a football team and an offense. Najee Harris we've been talking about for months as a volume guy and 400 touches and, and all of that kind of stuff, right? Is this offense going to function at its best when you look at a stat sheet after a game and it's Najee Harris, 12 carries, three catches? And a raft of guys getting four catches, or maybe five catches. As a, That is to say, you just mentioned all these skill guys. And now I'm starting to warm to maybe this team being a team of a, of a non-volume one person, if that makes any sense to you. are they? Because there were times when the Steelers were good uh, a few years ago when you'd look and there'd be six different guys catch a football in the first half. Yeah, I think you're on to something there. And I think that they've built the roster out in a way where you know, Chase Claypool doesn't look like Deontay Johnson. Calvin right. Austin III don't look like George Pickens. Pat Fryermuth, I mean, he can run. And at his size, I mean, he is he's the quintessential basketball guy. Go up and get it for you. I do think that if the offensive line were more of a known commodity, if it were going to be solid and we knew it was going to be solid, I think this would be a track meet kind of team. I think they'd be up and down the field. I think they got the skill position talent to do it. I don't think that they would be totally based on the run. But I think because of the offensive line and the inability potentially to protect for extended periods of time, I think that's why they're going to have to lean on the running game. And then I think, unfortunately, what happens then is if you're leaning on the running game, well, now that starts drawing touches away from everybody. And then you get with what's comfortable, which is Deontay Johnson. And I think it's going to wind up looking like what last year looked like, but better. I do think they're going to be better, but I still think because that offensive line not being a strength, I think it all flows from there. I just, I wonder, though, I go back and forth. I truly do wonder if Najee Harris, and it'll be by game, right? It's not going to be by rote. It'll be by game. And it'll fluctuate depending on the opponent and by game situation. But I don't know. At first, I really thought this team would function best with Najee Harris getting 31 carries and five catches, you know, and, and 36 touches a game. And you you go and you run them until someone stops him and he catches a bunch of, you know, six-yard passes. But now I don't know. You, you know, the thing is, he won't be happy unless he's the volume guy. I get the sense that that's going to be a problem at some point. I really do. I, I think he's a good guy. Uh, people seem to like him. However, he's easily perturbed, and he's not one to shy away from letting his feelings be known, and he probably thinks he gives the team the best chance to win. I'm kind of with him now because of the way the offensive line's built and given who the quarterbacks are. I don't think Mitch Trubisky's a bad player. I just don't think he's going to get you out of games as the primary reason you're getting out of games. With the If Pickens is as good as advertised – I'm not with that. That's what changes me because I know what Johnson is. I know what Fryermuth is. 
And I, man, I, this is, it's a good problem to have. If hey, it comes listen, to that. I think I'd be with you if I, if I watch this preseason game on Saturday and then the following two, and I see, holy cow, Mitch Trubisky puts the ball in the belly of the running back, pulls it out, play action, seven-step drop, 45-yard bomb down the field, and there's not a dude in his face. If I can see that a couple of times. Because, frankly, I forget what that looks like. And, like, I'm not going to believe the offensive line can do that until I've seen it. And if they can, then, yeah, they got the skill position players to be dynamic offensive. I know. You remember? And I almost said, like, remember when we were little because it feels that long ago. When Ben used to play action and tuck the ball into his belly button for a minute and people didn't know where it was, and then you'd see Randall L. or Hines, honestly, on the other side of the midfield logo, and the ball would be so high in the air, it looked like javelin in freaking Nintendo track and field. It was so high. It would go out of the screen, the ball would. It would be fly and, – and, and that was like a different Ben. It wasn't even the same human we saw the last no four way. years of his career. I think that the quarterbacks they have, the skill set is definitely more in line with playing that style of football. I'm just so worried about this damn line because, Colin, I had two little birdies. These are different birdies. Whisper a couple of things to me this weekend. Very tapped in people within the Steelers organization. How about that? I wouldn't go so far as to say a capital S source. I'm not I'm not talking to the GM here. But these are dudes. These are sources. One guy told me that they're not enamored with the center position yet. Like huh. Mason Cole, and it's only been, what, five padded practices? But Mason Cole, eh, eh. And to me, that means knowledge. Because if you're not blocking right now, I mean, you've played five padded practices, I know Mason Cole can block. What concerns me there is, is it between the ears? Is he picking things up slowly? So that's something to watch. And the offensive line, obviously, focal point of this conversation. The other thing I've been told, and I think a lot of people are starting to catch on to this, is that this Jalen Warren running back out of Oklahoma State, he might wind up being the star of the preseason, and he might wind up pushing Benny Snell down the depth chart. That's how much they seem to like this guy right now. Well, I'm just stunned that Benny Snell hasn't pushed Benny Snell down the depth chart to this point because I've kind of seen what I know about Benny Snell. He had one good game early on a couple seasons ago, and that's like it, you know? Uh, that's all fascinating stuff, though. It really is. Birdies. 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 On a, on a trust level, one to ten, birdies. Ten being – Absolute locked-in birdies. One being Russ Grimm, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, birdies. <laughs> where where I'd are go, you? I'd go 10. I would. Wow. These, okay, so you peel back the curtain. You know, a journalist, I'm not a journalist, but a journalist never reveals a source. Correct. These are people that I've had many a beverage with and over the years at training camp really helped me out steered me in the correct direction. This year, unfortunately, I'm not down there. So now I'm getting them via text. And I hey, I appreciate the help, appreciate the heads up. But these are people that are in the meeting rooms that, that maybe not making decisions, but whose ears are there to then pass on that information. Love it. Love it. That? Let's go. Let's go. Fly on the wall, Crowley. Let's go. Get it done.
One more. Uh-huh. Anthony Miller. Good player. Good player. And played with, this is obvious, Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. Little rapport there between those two. And the Steelers really don't have a true slot because Deontay Johnson's an outside guy, even though he's smaller. And Chase Claypool's bigger, but they're flirting with putting him on the inside. George Pickens ain't going to be inside. And Calvin Austin the third might just be too small to play NFL football. We don't know that yet. I think Anthony Miller is going to make this roster. Do people care about this? I don't know. But again, birdies. Does Anthony Miller catch punts? Didn't he catch seven at one time, or was that Gunnar yeah. Olszewski? No, it was him, huh? If you get Gunnar Olszewski and Anthony Miller mixed up, you need new eyeglasses. They don't look the same. No. That Gunner guy, he, uh, he's been catching the ball in team drills, which I don't think that's good. I don't think you want him to play ever in your offense. But, hey, you got to throw the ball to someone, I suppose, in training camp. I'll tell you who I'm not worried about on his football team. Um, all due respect. But Gunnar Olszewski. You don't want to talk about him on our on our podcast? It's not that I don't want to talk about him. I just think if any single play in this season hinges on him, the Steelers may be in a world of hurt. Well, and that's what training camp's all about, isn't it? You know, I'm so happy that we've got the actual, well, probably the quarterback battle for the second and third uh, quarterback. Because if not, all people be talking about is who's the 51st guy on the roster. Yeah, great. Gunnar Olszewski is the shorter Danny Farmer. Thanks. Gunnar Olszewski is such a bad white wide receiver that they wouldn't let him play white wide receiver in New England. That tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> I know. If there's a place built for white wide receivers, it's New England. And if you can't make it there, you can't make it anywhere. You can't make it anywhere. Quick question, Colin. Yes. First preseason game Saturday. I'm planning on, because it's the first time in six years that I haven't had to work the game. I'm going to get chicken wings. I'm going to get pizza. I'm going to drink probably a full six-pack by myself. I'm going to act like this preseason game, meaning all that it does, is game one of the regular season. Is this okay or not? Uh, I'll, I'll allow it, I guess. I yes. Um, what time is the game? Kickoff. Seven or eight. Oh, night game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Because You know why? Because we haven't done this in a decade and a half. We haven't watched a true QB1, not battle, but it's just an infusion of a new quarterback. So... Yeah, why not? Why not be excited about it? Why not live it up? You know, this isn't uh, the third preseason game when there was an old four preseason uh, game schedule where you knew everything was settled and you're waiting on some, you know, linebacker from Wyoming to play in the second quarter who had a double number. Like, nobody gives a hell about that. There's actually real storylines here. There are. And uh, we got a quarterback battle on the other side in Seattle. So, ho-ho. It should make for scintillating preseason game one football, Colin. The Steelers, a three-point favorite at home and always tough to play Acrisure Stadium. Watch out, 7 o'clock Saturday. Coming up next, this man is about to be the biggest bust in the Kevin Colbert era. 
in-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Episode 6, Segment 3, Fourth Down in the Steel City. Adam Crowley, Colin Dunlap. And Colin, we were told last week, well, Jeff Hathorne from 93.7 The Fan was told last week that Robert's playing pushing for playing time at that middle linebacker position. Oh, push is good, huh? Yeah, it ain't going to be Miles Jack that's coming out. And so Devin Bush, who I've heard is actually having an okay training camp, is still getting pushed by Robert Spillane. And Colin, is it hyperbole? I know we brought up Colin Holba before. Yeah. Is it hyperbole to say if this guy winds up, this is it for him. Final season as a Pittsburgh Steeler. He is the biggest bust in the Kevin Colbert era. Because for me, he is. We'll know by week five what this guy's future is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, that's, that's just the way I see it. Even barring an injury. Like, let's say somebody gets hurt and he has to get pressed into service. If he didn't win the job to that point, then he's just a Band-Aid, and they don't want a Band-Aid out of that guy. Considering what they gave up to give That's him, right. like, my mind's made up. Like, yeah. I don't I don't foresee it, him being good. Like, it would be it would be a comeback. It would be an upset. I mean, this and this would be fitting for him, I guess. It would be like an Appalachian State, Michigan upset if this guy's good. It would this be. Year. I just I don't see it either, and I really like the aggressiveness whenever they made the pick. I mean, I'll admit that I thought that was the right move. They've been trying to fix the inside linebacker position since the tragedy that befell Ryan Shazier, and they've screwed it up every step of the way. Uh, they tried to get that Morgan guy who was a safety from Cleveland to play him at linebacker, and he was like, eh, I don't want to be here. And they got that one guy that they kept putting on all the Chargers receivers who could not cover them. Bostic was his name. Uh, it just did not look good. And then now you got Devin Bush, and he was good to begin with, but not that good, and then he gets hurt, and now he sucks. Now don't, forget, uh, don't forget the scrub from uh, Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, Joe Schobert. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Schobert sucked too. So they really tried to stick Band-Aids on this whole inside linebacker situation, and then this was not a Band-Aid. I mean, this was full-ass surgery that you think is going to stop the bleeding when you trade up and you draft Devin Bush with all the stuff you accrued in the Antonio Brown trade. And this guy is horrific. He's going to get beat out by Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane in 2022 playing football the way that he played football back in the 1990s. He stops Derrick Henry at the goal line. You know why he's in at the goal line? Because he can't play off the goal line. And yet this guy's going to be an inside linebacker that's going to play more, perhaps, than Devin Bush this year. You can bring up Jarvis Jones. There are others as well you can say are big busts, and they are. But everybody and their mother was predicting the Steelers were going to take Jarvis Jones, and they thought it would be a good fit when the Steelers took Jarvis Jones. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. That one, a lot of people got wrong. This one, including Subway, one missed on big including time. Subway that made a sandwich out of Jarvis Jones. Uh, you're right. Yes. Let me ask you something about you watching this game. You mentioned earlier you're going to get wings, you're going to get beer, and you're going to treat this like a regular season game. That's right. Can I give you a, a wing take that I don't know if it's good or not? Let me get in position here because these are these can be pretty controversial. 
Here's a wing take that I was thinking about because while I was away, I saw Pony tweeting about wings. Okay, amongst it was actually in 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 the middle of a bunch of nonsensical takes, but he was tweeting something about wings, so I paid attention a little bit. And he tweeted something about garlic parmesan wings. Okay, now I am a normal mild or medium guy. I'm not like a nine million on the Scoville scale guy or one in which you need to sign a contract because it blows the taste buds out of the roof of your mouth. So I'm not a hot wing guy, like hot, hot. Barbecue, if I'm going to do barbecue, I just get like Texas style or, or Memphis style like barbecue. What the hell do I want barbecue sauce on a wing for? I'll get real like a barbecue sandwich. So that doesn't do it for me. Um, I do like rubbed wings, like dry rubbed wings. Yes. I, I like that. But let's get to some other flavors. Garlic Parmesan, I'm pronouncing it right, I believe. Garlic Parmesan is one I actually find myself enjoying. Let's go. In the moment, listen up, I need, there's nuance, right? It's one I find myself enjoying in the moment, except that garlic Parmesan is the one in which the burps taste like the flavor for the longest and you smell like it, even if you shower and you brush your teeth 10 million times and whatever, you feel like you bathed in a tub of garlic Parmesan for like 72 hours. So I've grown into staying away from garlic Parmesan in the moment. In the moment, it's orgasmic. Like it is so good, the garlic Parmesan. But the staying power quality of that is so powerful I don't do it anymore. It's like smoking a cigar. It's going to be with you for the next couple of days. Great. Really Great I'm, with you. I'm with you on what happens. I'm with you on the deliciousness, but I'm not with you in that. I don't care. I just, I'm housing them. I will always get a mild. We will usually get one. That's like a black magic kind of, which is like spicy with like the pepper dust. Cause yeah. my wife likes real spicy. And then we'll always get the garlic parm. And one of those will be boneless. We'll we'll mix in a boneless too, which I'm actually on board with because I don't like my hands getting all messy. If you go with the boneless garlic parm, Colin, and then you use a little one of those plastic forks and you dip it in the ranch or you dip it in the blue cheese, your breath's still going to smell like ass, but your fingers, you protect them. The bone. Call. You know, I think you might be onto something. The reason that, that garlic parmesan smells so bad, I think it gets under your fingernails and everywhere. In your, in, in your pores and you smell it. Another take, wing take. Now that we're off the rails and it doesn't freaking matter. I'm in. Wing take. Ranch is garbage. I don't ever get ranch. Oh. Number one rating here, crumbled blue cheese, followed by blue cheese, like dressing saucy blue cheese. Ranch, only in an emergency. I will, ranch is fourth behind nothing for me. Wow. See, Crumble I like blue cheese, yeah. then blue, like Marzetti's, like kind of like sal salad dressing blue cheese, then nothing. And then if I like have to have something, maybe a daughter ranch. See, I like blue cheese the best, but I like the crumbles inside, like where it's crumbles and then you're, you, you have to mash the wing in there because there's also sauce. It's like the blue cheese sauce and the blue cheese crumbles. That's my favorite. And it's not even close. But I do like ranch on certain flavors. Like a ranch to me on a honestly on a on a hot buffalo, like the buffalo flavor. 
not just like a hot wing, but like the actual buffalo right. flavor. I will go with a ranch on that. I also like to dip, if I'm eating really hot wings with the blue cheese, I will dip my fries in the ranch. Huh. Man, can I go way off the board here and say, well, I like wings and they're all right. The older I get, they just make me feel like a bowling ball. My number one go-to for football has this is going to be this is going to be you don't have any hair on your chest you know this this it, this take is going to rankle especially the the blue collar sect here in Western Pennsylvania. Sushi's my number one go-to. Unbelievable. Food. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, here's the thing though. I could eat. Do you ever see those sushi boats that are pretty much as big as the boat that like? Chief guy suit of one up the Allegheny on. Yeah. They bring them out in the back for like parties of 56 at Jimmy Wands or wherever. Uh, I, I'll i eat that myself and graze on that during a whole football game. Like, and it, it'll be like $230. I'll be like, give me that. I don't care. I'm I don't care. It. Give me that. Yes. Yeah, I love sushi. My father-in-law just made a bunch of homemade sushi the other day, which – but it was pretty good. I do love sushi. Never had it for a ball game. I'm big on the fall stuff. So like we'll do chicken wings and we'll do the pizza and then we'll start to transition into chilies and then we'll have the Italian sausage in the, in the, in the big vat, the crock pot, maybe do some on the grill. We're very cliche. I think with our football food that we eat at this, this we'll we'll have to put a picture out on our, um, on our Twitter handle, and our Twitter handle is uh, what is it again? At uh, at Fourth Down Steel, I believe. Yes, right? at Fourth Down Steel. My wife, I don't know. She doesn't really drink, so she wasn't drunk. Um, she'll have a glass of wine here and there. Uh, I don't know what got into her. She came home from the Target or the uh, Walmart or something one day. We have double barrel, double action. It may even be triple action. Crock pot that is like three with the Steeler logo. Stop it. Promise. Promise. It is the, one of the greatest. It ranks right up there with like the Yinzers that buy like the Steeler ornaments that you, it's like a Steeler nutcracker ornament for the Christmas tree. We have triple barrel crock pot with the Steeler logo. So are they all attached? Can you make like three things at once? Three things at once, three different warmer temps too. Unbelievable. But they're not gigantic. They're more for like dips, you know? And then we'll do like one big one. And then that'll have like nacho cheese, then like a chili. And oh, like, oh you know what I am? I, I'll tell you what I am. What I, I'm the Kobayashi of Buffalo chicken dip. I oh, can do God, that. It's there so we good. go. It's there so go. good. You need, the, you need a layer of blue cheese though in there. Oh, certainly. Greg Finley, our producer. When you do the headline of today's podcast, it is, I'm the Kobayashi of Buffalo Chicken Dip because I am. Now, Buffalo Chicken Dip, Crowley. Now we're into the meat of this. Who the hell cares about the depth chart? Now we're in the meat of this. Do you go celery or nacho chips, or what do you go with the Buffalo Chicken Dip? Okay, so I this is, this is crucial conversation here. I can't stand the scoops. People who buy scoops, I just, I can't have it because I think you trick yourself into thinking you get more in that little scoop chip than you do with an actual circular 
tortilla chip. I like the gold corn circular tortilla chip that has a little bit of girth. The circular ones. That's what I need. And I can scoop in there with the leverage, bang, right in the mouth. That's what I like. Vegetables, celery. I If I never ate celery again, Colin, I'm fine. I really am. All right, two things. One, lots of people like the circular with the girth. That's the way to go, I've been told. Second of all, I think that the out the blue corn chip is where I go. I love the blue corn chip. Blue corn chips on the rotation. Blue I don't even know if it tastes different. It just seems like, I, you know, I feel like I'm a member of like the Seneca Nation or something when I eat it. I feel like it's more authentic. You're one with Mother Earth. Yeah, yeah. So I go with that. I do like that. I will disagree, though. I could eat more celery. This, you know, Bugs Bunny eats carrots. I I like celery. I could eat 30 stalks of celery with the uh, buffalo chicken dip. And I'll tell you why. I think it is psychological. I think you feel like I'm being such a fat ass eating this buffalo chicken dip that I'm going to even it out. It's the same psychology why people that are 600 pounds go through Wendy's drive-thru and order 90 things and then a diet coke. Yes. They feel like, wow, I'll just even it out. Um, but I do like celery. So there we go. Saturdays and Sundays in the fall are so destructive to my health that you will notice that I eat better than I ever do throughout the, the week in the fall. Like I'm not putting anything in my body that is not pure fuel from Monday until Saturday at about noon. And then Saturday until oh, like 11 p.m. on Sunday night, it's just junk, junk, junk. It's not. Yeah. It's quite the cycle, Colin. Is what it is, and then you die. That's right. And I haven't even talked about my nicotine or alcohol consumption. Next, uh, Friday, that happens. Friday. I really kick up the, the marijuana. Let's go. Yeah. Nicotine. Uh -huh. Friday, at, right at about 420. We will post it on Friday, oddly enough. You know it. Colin, this has been fun. Did we talk about football in the last 10 minutes? Who cares? No, it's fine. It's great. Goodbye. <laughs>